0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui. Um, I, I feel like I say this every week that crunch time is here, but it's been crunch time. But this week especially, week 14, we're trying to make it to the fantasy playoffs. Hoping that most of you kind of already have, a, you know, a playoff uh, a playoff spot locked up, right? That's the hope. But, but the way things go, sometimes, you know, you got to wait till the last week. And that last week is going to decide it all. Whether you make it to the playoffs, whether you get that first round bye. Um, so, you know, let's buckle in and let's get that win in week 14. Um, I'm going to go over all of the matchups, uh, you know, all the usage for all these players. I'm going to go over basically every fantasy relevant player for the most part. Uh, I might leave out some guys, you know, if I leave them out, most likely I'm not playing them. Or I just forgot about them. <laughs> right? Uh, but uh I'm gonna go over all these matchups. Um I'm gonna go over seven matchups in this episode and then the other seven uh tomorrow. And and today's obviously including the Thursday night football game. Steelers at the Vikings. Um let's see, let's let's go over a couple of injury news real quick. So uh Keenan Allen, you know, he what the That was a motorcycle. Um Keenan Allen uh was uh placed on the COVID list. He actually did test positive for COVID mike williams was deemed a close contact keenan allen um he can be cleared by friday so obviously he's going to be tested and all that um and i think you know if he's good by friday he will be cleared and he can play this week so that's you kind of cross your fingers hoping that he'll be good um and and he'll be able to play uh this week because if mike williams does play he's going to be you know a monster monster play if keenan allen doesn't go all right um Who else? Uh, Alvin Kamara practiced in full, So, uh, and he practiced on full on a Wednesday. It's great news for his availability. Mark Ingram might not play this week, so Alvin Kamara might get more work than than, was anticipated uh, if Mark Ingram can't go. Elijah Mitchell, uh, he's not practicing. He had a concussion. Um, He also got an MRI on his knee. Um, Shanahan called it irritation. Um, So that's not really a medical term, so we don't know exactly what's going on with Elijah Mitchell's knee um what kind of injury it is but um you know there's no word on how they're going to handle this right so you know if you want to stash jeff wilson you know that might make sense um jeff wilson did get a a limited practice in on wednesday so it is possible that he does play even though he has his own quote-unquote flare-up in his knee according to kyle shanahan's medical terms um so uh, and then you have Jamichael Hasty. You know, if, if if Wilson can't go this week, Jamichael Hasty will be the the primary ball carrier. And this is a good, you know, running r- rushing offense. So, um, and you know, one of the I think they they run the ball at, at the highest rate of, of any other team in the league. Um, so you know, just keep that in mind. These are a few options. Um, so hopefully, Elijah Mitchell's knee is okay. Hopefully, you know, it's just a concussion that's going to keep him out. If he does, if he is out this week with it. Um, you know, that's kind of the hope, but he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, but moving on, uh, let's move on to the Steelers at the Vikings on Thursday night. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know, solid play. He's been solid all season long. You know, this matchup, uh, is a good one at home. Um, he can, he can definitely get it done against the Steelers defense. Ben is a streamer too um you know should be a close game his wide receivers have good matchups um <laughs> i did call out ben as a streamer last week and like i was like i was like oh hell no like i'd I never do that <laughs> because just 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 the nature of ben but um you know he has a decent matchup you know his tight ends don't have as good of a matchup but um you know as he did against the ravens but he can still get it done with his wide receivers uh minnesota's you know overall they're just like the worst defense against wide receivers in general. Uh, Deontay Johnson, you know, he's obviously in your lineup. He's a low-end wide receiver one. The Vikings should get uh, should be getting Patrick Peterson back, so that's a, that's a boost for them. But Deontay Johnson, you know, he can beat anyone at this point. Chase Claypool didn't have a full route participation last week. He ran route on only 70% of dropbacks. Um, he did practice in full on Tuesday. Uh, so that's a good sign for him to take advantage um, of this matchup. He's an upside wide receiver three player. Uh, Najee Harris's usage remains great. He was on the field for 97% of snaps last week. Uh, keep starting him as an RB1. It You know it is a better matchup this week than he's had over the last few weeks. Alexander Madison, he's a high-end RB1 in this matchup. The Steelers you know, made Devontae Freeman look five years younger than he was last week. Um, they've been terrible against running backs lately. They've allowed the most fantasy points over the last four weeks. He has to be in lineups, um, you know, we're assuming Dalvin Cook doesn't play this week. He is questionable for this game, but I just don't see any reason why they would, you know, risk it and just, you know, have him in there, um, you know, with that with that dislocated shoulder and, and that torn labrum. Justin Jefferson, you know he's going to get all the damn targets. You know with with Adam Thielen this week, he's a high-end wide receiver one. Uh, it doesn't look like Joe Hayden will be back for Thursday night, so Jefferson will take advantage of a Steelers secondary who has given up the six most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Um, that same matchup holds true for KJ Osborne as well. He's a low-end wide receiver three flex play. Um, you know with, with Thielen out, he has a little bit of an upside. You know if the targets end up being like tightly distributed between him and Jefferson. There's, there is a chance that some of the targets get distributed to Tyler Conklin as well. He had nine targets last week with Thielen out most of the game. So this is a tough matchup on paper, like given how well the Steelers have played against tight ends. But he's still a low-end tight end one this week because of uh, because of some of those targets opening up. Alright, the Raiders at the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by 9.5 points in this game, 45 point over-under. Uh, Jalen Rashard was put on the COVID list uh, this past Sunday morning. So it's possible that he misses this week as well. Um, with Kenyon Drake also breaking his ankle early on Sunday, um, Josh Jacobs had an every down roll, uh, and he obviously put up a big fantasy day because of it. Um if Richard is out again, Jacobs is gonna have a big day. He's an RB1 play if Richard isn't back, and, and he'll be a solid RB two if Richard is back. Um the hope is that he's not game scripted out if Richard does play. The Chiefs, you know, if the Chiefs go up early. Vegas does have the Chiefs, you know, as almost a 10-point favorite in this game. So if you have Jacobs, you know, you really want Rashard to be out so that Jacobs can take over the passing down duties and just, just unlock his upside. Darren Waller is day-to-day. Um, he, it's possible that he plays. If he does, he's a solid tight end one play and a great matchup. Foster Moreau would be like a low-end tight end one if that. He hasn't run around on every drop back this past Sunday like he did the first time Waller was out. So he's not a clear plug-and-play if Waller is out. Um, he's more of a desperation play if you couldn't get anyone else to fill in for Waller. Uh, but keep in mind that this is a good matchup for tight ends. Hopefully Waller does play. Derek Carr is streamable in this game because of the fact that he might have to throw some touchdowns late. Um, you know, never really excited about starting him. His wide receivers don't have great matchups. Um, the only wide receiver that does have a great matchup is, is, um, Hunter Renfro in, in the slot. The Chiefs have been extremely vulnerable to slot wide receivers this year. Um, and, you know, he, he he did great last week. He's going to do great again. Um, Patrick Mahomes threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. The last time that he went against the Raiders, that was in Vegas. He has a chance of, you know, destroying them once again at home. Uh, I'm willing to start him, you know, even though he's had one good fantasy game since week six. Right? And that was against the Raiders. <laughs> right? Um, so Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey there in your lineups. Clyde Woods Hilaire is a low-end RB2. Darrell Williams, you know, PPR flex option at best. Uh, my guess is that the game script is going to favor CEH more than Darrell Williams this week. Moving on to the Saints at the Jets. Uh, the Jets, uh, the Saints are favored by six points. The 43 and a half over under. Taysom Hill is going to get the start this week. I'm willing to start him because of the obvious upside going going against the Jets. Uh, he'll be in my lineup as a QB1. He didn't play well last week, but he was perfectly fine for fantasy purposes because of the 100 yards rushing. My only concern with Hill is... Is because of the potential. There is a potential that he's pulled at halftime, <laughs> right? If he's terrible, once again, um, he has some serious upside in this matchup. Um, so that's why I am willing to put him, put him in my lineup. Hopefully, he'll be able to get it done for you, even even with one half of football. I mean, I, I don't really know what the likelihood is that he would get, you know, pulled um, or benched, but you know, he looked that bad last week. I don't really trust any of the Saints wide receivers, but I'm, I'm, if I'm betting on anyone to have a decent game, it will be Trey smith um, He's the one who's running around on every drop back, uh, and Deontay Harris has been suspended for three games, so that gives some room uh, for some more targets to be uh, potentially available. Uh, I would say like he's a deep flex play in a neutral matchup. Alvin Kamara, you know, like I said, he'll hopefully be ready for this week. If he's back, he's an RB1 play. Um, Ty Montgomery, So if, if for whatever reason Alvin Kamara is out, um, Ty Montgomery will probably end up forming a committee with Tony Jones. um, You know, Jones being the primary early down guy, then Montgomery being the passing down guy. So, you know, in, in the scenario against the Jets, Jones would be my preferred play. But it does seem like Kamara would play. Elijah Moore is a wide receiver to play at this point. You know, extremely hard to bench. He had a target share of 26%, 35%, 33% over the last three games. Uh, clear wire receiver one in New York. Corey Davis is now out for the season, uh, keeping his target share locked and loaded the rest of the way. Um, he is listed as day-to-day right now with a quad injury, so make sure you have another option just in case more can go. Hopefully, you know, he can, right? <laughs> so he can help you get into the playoffs this week. Um, but the matchup is good. You shouldn't be worried about Marshawn Lattimore. You know, number one, Marshawn Lattimore hasn't been shadowing. Number two, he hasn't really been that great this year. Um, The Saints have allowed the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks, and that's on either side, right? Um, Tevin Coleman, he's in the concussion protocol. That puts Ty Johnson in play, I guess, if Coleman doesn't go this week. You know, really because Ty Johnson is the only guy left, right? They still have Austin Walter, um, but this might be a matchup to still stay away from given how good the Saints are against running backs. I would say, like, Johnson is like a PPR flex play if Coleman can't go. Jaguars at the Titans, the Titans are favored by 10 points, 44 point over under, um, it's really tough to gauge James Robinson workload right now, um, if he fumbles, he's off the field, Carlos Hyde has been pretty involved over the last few weeks regardless, Robinson's like a bit of a squeaky wheel right now, like, everyone's talking about it, you know, even, even, even his quarterback is talking about, you know, wanting him on the field, um, it doesn't necessarily mean he'll get more time in the field, but you know he's right now he's more in the lower end of the RB two scale than at the high end of the RB two scale at the moment. But I, I just need to see it. I need to see him on the field. He had that every down workload, you know, several weeks back, but he hasn't seen it since he since he came back from injury. There is a chance Julio Jones is back this week. If he is, um, I'd play him as an upside wide receiver three. There's a good chance he gets a solid target share without Adrian Brown in the lineup. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup. Uh, there's a chance the Titans just run all o- run all over the Jags, right? But you never know. If Julio is out, Nick Westbrook-Akeena would be a flex play in a good matchup. Uh, he had 100 yards in Week 11. He caught a touchdown in Week 12 before their bye. Um, you know, and that was when they they didn't really throw the ball a whole lot, despite the fact that they were down. It was a, just a just a weird game for the Titans that week. Uh, Jeremy McNichols returned to practice, which makes this a tough backfield to decipher. I I still think. Deontay Foreman will be the primary early down guy, so he's startable like as a flex with touchdown upside. There's also upside for him to get some volume, too, because of the matchup, right? And likely, you know, if this game script really favors the Titans, being up late, you know, you, you could potentially see, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 carries for him. But Dontrell Hilliard, right, you know, he'll be a boom-bust flex play, and then McNichols is almost not startable as of right now, you know, without knowing what his role is coming back, right? And whether him or Hilliard are preferred in that backfield right between the two um you know Hiller did do his thing while McNichols was out um or if this becomes a three-man backfield so we'll see we'll see it's a lot to figure out this week um all right moving on to the ravens at the browns the browns are favored by two points 42 and a half over under again you know they just played each other two weeks ago uh before the browns by uh but by the by the time this game kicks off the browns will have been preparing for the ravens for three full weeks pretty much Um, this Ravens offense has definitely seen better days for sure. We haven't seen that high flying attack lately. It's going to happen, but it's not here right now. Lamar is still a solid QB one start. So he's on my lineup. Marquise Brown hasn't showed his upside in a few weeks. Uh, and you know, this type of stuff happens, you know, the highs and the lows. He's a solid wide receiver to play right now, this week, slightly tougher matchup. Um, the Browns have given up the fourth least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Um, and they've been solid there all year. Hollywood does run most of his routes from the outside. Uh, Just keep that in mind. I'm not starting any other Ravens wide receiver, including Rashad Bateman. He just isn't running enough routes right now. He's rotating with Sammy Watkins. Still, Mark Andrews continues to be a high-end tight end one. Start him, Devontae Freeman. Uh, He got it done in a big way last week. You know, Part of that was because he took another step forward in terms of of playing time uh, and opportunity. He played 70% of snaps. He had a higher share of both the rushing attempts uh, and routes run out of the backfield. um, And he was targeted a ton out of the backfield this past week. So Steelers was a great matchup. Uh, This one is definitely tougher. Uh, He's like a mid to low end RB2, depending on if this usage continues. And I would probably call him a low end RB2 in this particular matchup. This isn't an amazing matchup for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt either. uh, But Chubb is still a low end RB1 who always has a chance to be the overall RB1 for the week, given his, you know, big playability. Uh, And after a bye, I'd honestly be, you know, afraid of going up against Chubb. Um, Kareem Hunt is a mid-to-low-end RB2 play with some upside. These two definitely, you know, shared that role, the backfield role, before their bye week, uh, which sucked. Um, So there needs to be a lot of overall volume or serious efficiency for both of these guys to get it done. Donovan Peoples Jones, um you know I, I'm going to keep going back to him. You know, he's a boom bust play this week. Seems weird to play a guy against the same team that he just played especially when he didn't do shit, but he's still an option. Uh the Ravens lost Marlon Humphrey this past week and they were already bad on the perimeter. Um, the Ravens were already giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last 8 weeks and over the last 4 weeks. So, there is some real upside for DPJ this week once again. I think Austin Hooper becomes the tight end one this week because, you know, David Njoku was placed on the COVID list on Tuesday, probably won't play, and then Harrison Bryant was already going to be out this week. Um, And this is a great matchup against the Ravens, too. Moving on to the Falcons at the Panthers. The Panthers are favored by three points, 43-point over-under. Cordell Patterson, still an RB1 play. He hasn't gone above 50% of snaps over the last two weeks. You know, you kind of want that to go up a little bit, but he has been efficient. His role is one of a kind. Um, higher floor and ceiling in PPR leagues. Uh, Russell Gage, he's been playing pretty well, over 25% target share each of the last three weeks. He runs a lot of his routes from the slot, and that's likely where he'll be taking advantage of the Panthers, who have given up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. The matchups are a bit tougher on the outside, uh, but he's been getting it done lately, and he's a wide receiver three this week. I'm willing to give Cam another shot. Um, his second start for the Panthers didn't go so well, uh, but he had to buy. Uh, he has a pretty good matchup this week. He's a low-end QB1 with high-end QB1 upside this week. Atlanta has given up the third-most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks, the fourth-most over the last eight weeks. They're sh- they're struggling out there. So, DJ Moore can definitely take advantage. He's a solid wide receiver to play this week. The good thing is Moore has been targeted a ton, over the last two games, almost 30% of targets in week 11, and then 40% of targets in week 12 before the bye. Chuba Hubbard can be a solid start this week. As long as the game script is a neutral one or a positive one, which I think it should be, um, Hubbard can get some volume. If it doesn't If it doesn't become a neutral positive game script, then Amir Dula will be the one on the field more because he's the passing down back. Um, I play Hubbard, though, this week as a low-end RB2. Cowboys at Washington. Uh, Cowboys are favored by five points, 49 point over under. Dak, solid QB1 this week. CeeDee Lamb, obviously, in your lineups as a borderline wide receiver one. Amari Cooper has a very good history against Washington. Um, hopefully, he has a full route participation in this one. I think he'll finally be good to go. Um, I start him as like a low end wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside because of the matchup. I play Michael Gallup as an upside flex play. Uh, there was a lot of factors that led to this, but he's averaging nine targets over the last three games. Washington, you know they've been playing a lot better overall against wide receivers, but they've been mo- the most vulnerable in the slot and that's where CeeDee lamb will be on most of his routes with all three of it, with all you know three of their, their wide receivers healthy going into this game. Uh, they've given up the six most fantasy points of slot wide receivers over the last eight games Hunter Renfro he went off last week for over 100 yards out of the slot against Washington. Uh, Tony Pollard was on the injury report on Wednesday with a foot injury. Not sure how serious that is. We'll get a better idea um, of that with his practice status on Thursday and Friday. But if he is limited this week, you know, Zeke would be a slightly better play. We might be able to play him as like a low-end RB1. But if Pollard's good, um, Zeke, you know, he isn't getting the full workload anymore. He's an upside RB2. Um, His best bet at points at this point is some goal line work, to be honest. Um, At least Pollard has a shot of springing a long play. Um, he's an upside flex play if you need one. You know, assuming that he's good to go, I would quantify that based on like a full practice at least on Friday for him. Uh, J.D. McKissick seems to be able to practice. He's good to go. Um, that 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 seems like it's a good sign for him to be able to clear the concussion protocol. If Washington uh, ends up being down this game, you know you might be a bit concerned that Antonio Gibson doesn't get volume. But if he stay if it stays close. I'd expect Gibson to be in line for 20 to 25 touches, uh, which would make him a low-end RB1 at the very least. The only reason why he won't be higher is because McKissick can play and Gibson would be game script dependent. So if McKissick doesn't get cleared, Gibson would be a high-end RB1 play. And, you know, just to to elaborate on that, Gibson was in every down back last week without McKissick. So... Huge upside and potentially, you know, a little bit of a window into what this offense and what what Gibson's role could look like next year when J.D. McKissick is a free agent and, and he potentially leaves to another team. Terry McLaurin didn't come through last week or the week before, really, um, but those were, you know, two relatively tough matchups. We can't really depend on Heineke to overcome that. Um, Dallas has given up some production. Uh, on Trevon Diggs' side when he isn't intercepting passes. They've given up the 7th most fantasy points to wide receivers on their left perimeter over the last 8 weeks, and that's where McLaurin runs a majority of his perimeter routes from. So I'd start him as a solid wide receiver too this week. It looks like Ricky Seals-Jones is practicing this week, so if you're desperate at the tight end position, you can throw him in your lineup. Um, I think he'll be much better long-term, just because you know there is a chance that him and John Bates split work in in Seals-Jones' first game back, so I would temper expectations a little bit with him, uh, but I do expect him to get his full-time role back like he had before he got hurt and when Logan Thomas was out previously, so, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones should be able to be on the field and run a route on nearly 100% of dropbacks, but it just might not happen, you know, in his first week back. Okay, I went through seven matchups, going to go over the next seven in tomorrow's podcast and on Friday's podcast, so... Stay tuned for that. Um, Until then, good luck tonight. I hope tonight just sets you up for a good Sunday for you guys to make the playoffs. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys tomorrow. See ya.